1: Hello and welcome to So I Got to Think, the weekly Sex and the City podcast where we take the iconic questions of fictional journalist Carrie Bradshaw and apply them to modern life and love. You are listening to Mandarin Child, Juno Dawson, and Mandarin Food, Dylan B. Jones. Welcome! <laughs> yes, we've got that line, haven't we? Yes, we'll 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 cross. <laughs> Cross that burning cross when we come to it. Um Hi Dylan.
0: Hi. Um, we've
1: we've had a little break. We've 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 not seen each other for a couple of weeks. I missed you
0: terribly. I missed you too. Although this will be weird for listeners because we the break will, will have already happened for them. So I've Correct. Not, yeah, I can't quite forget. But anyway, that that explains. We've all there was a gap... we've all had a break. We've yeah, all we've had all... a break, basically. <laughs> if there was a You've gap. had a break, we've
1: had a break. <laughs> Um, because sometimes in real life, as Carrie Bradshaw points out, <laughs> laptops break, Dylan, and yes. those laptops have to go in for repair, and this might hinder your podcasting.
0: So Juno dashed to um, the Apple Store with her laptop ra- wrapped in a pashmina. <laughs> um. Indeed,
1: I was I was bereft for five long days, <laughs> um, and but now we're back. It's fine, and we will yeah. be will be with you now until. The bitter end of
0: season four. I've been having. It's a long season, isn't it? Mm. Um, it's a good season, though. I think it's maybe the best season.
1: I am gonna say yes. This is yeah. I've I've always said I think the imperial phase. Any cultural entity has its imperial phase. Yeah, like with Buffy the Vampire Slayer series two and three, with Sex and the City series three and four. Mm. And, and it's, I interesting,
0: think, yeah. it's interesting, isn't it, that it's always. Or or almost always around the middle, like when the show knows itself and when it doesn't get... That that magic period between when it has learned what it is and also hasn't got tired yet. That's the sweet spot.
1: Yeah, and that's why, you know, huge, huge respect to people like Dan Levy, who knew when it was time to pull the plug Mm, on Schitt's Creek before it did just become 25 minutes of... Moira saying the word bebe (laughs) because you know it's going to get a laugh and that's what it's like when you watch like older episodes of Friends where it's just the six of them in a room you know Monica is cleaning, Ross is looking at a fossil, Phoebe (laughs) is being wacky and you're like oh okay yeah we get it. Yeah Um, yeah. and maybe I think I always thought that was one of the great things about Sex and the City was that it knew new to finish after six seasons. Yeah. Although we're back for a new series. Well. And, <laughs> um, so we'll, yeah, we'll come to it on Just Like That later. This oh, week, yeah. This week we have been enjoying Just Say Yes. Dylan, do you have a little pothead to the up size?
0: I do. So um, it's a very significant episode. Mm. Um, Aiden, uh proposes to Carrie. Mm-hmm. And she finds out early on that this is his intention. So a lot of her storyline in the episode is her agonising over, um, over what's how that's going to go down and et cetera, et cetera. Um, Miranda, um, not a huge amount for Miranda this week. No, her and her and Steve. Uh, oh, she tells Steve about the baby. That's a big. She does. That's one big thing. But other than that, she's not really in it. Every um, Cynthia
1: Nixon scene in this episode that is hilarious. Yeah. And we will go through each of those in detail later because I, I did, I cackled aloud <laughs> at, at one point. So
0: um, Samantha, oh, Samantha uh, and Richard's relationship becomes a little bit more than professional. Mm. Um, and for me, as much as I was saying, I'm sick of this storyline. It was all about Charlotte for me this week. I loved mm. Charlotte this week. Um, And yeah, she has a very kind of like their storyline about not being able to conceive um, reaches kind of reaches its kind of fruition, doesn't it? It's um, like catalyst point, I guess. Um. So yeah, and we see Bunny. <laughs> um, oh yes.
1: Oh yes. We'll we'll get to Bunny. Let. <laughs> I mean, let's start with with the big one, which is I found this episode when I was first watching this back in the day, so wildly romantic. Right. And you know, I just loved the idea that one day John Cobb <laughs> would would propose to me. God, he's so sexy this year. He's so he's, sexy this year.
0: He's tanned. He's got great tan. Oh, he's... listeners
1: please send us your <laughs> slash fiction about <laughs> Carrie and Aiden because, oh my God. Just, yeah, <laughs> that, that scene where, at the very beginning, and oh, actually, side note, right at the top about the styling on Carrie in this episode. Oh my God, me too. Every look,
0: that. every yes. look is a winner. Yes, I actually put exactly that in my notes. The um the rainbow dress at the start with the geometric ah! belt, the sparkly mm-hmm. dress, the red and blue outfit with, like, the little strawberry necklace. Oh, mm-hmm. apple necklace, I think. Um, God, yeah, I mean, we've said this before, but this is why we do a podcast together, because we just have the same... One mind. Yep. <laughs> Two people, one soul, or whatever that wedding invite was. I, um, I actually Googled the rainbow dress because I mm-hmm. love it, but I couldn't find anywhere, like, what designer it is. So if anyone... Who's more knowledgeable about fashion than me? Knows then let us know.
1: It will. I mean, I mean, if we if we had unlimited time as well, I'm sure we would find it on one of the many many Carrie Instagram accounts. But yeah, that yeah. rainbow dress with the belt is stunning, and she looks amazing with the hair ponytail and.
0: Oh God, yeah, I like love even, the long... Even
1: at the end, with the little um little short shorts and mm. flip flops, when she's when she's got out of bed to walk the dog with Aiden and he proposes, even that looks. Sick. Everything, every outfit is amazing. The black the black sort of eighties dress she wears to dinner as yeah. well when she thinks he's gonna propose and he doesn't. Patricia Field off the chain with every yeah. outfit this week. Um
0: Charlotte's Tartan dress was fab as well, I thought.
1: Oh, a bit much. A bit much <laughs> for me. A bit a bit Scottish for my taste. A bit like shortbread, which yeah. is, I must find a bit rich. Um but just Back to Aidan's sexiness. Yeah. That first scene where she perks her head around the nose and says, hey, moneybags, you got a girlfriend? Yeah. And he's like, she's sexy and I like it. I'm like, <laughs> oh. oh, I felt that I was moist. I was <laughs> desperately moist at that point. Um, so he proposes, okay, first I'm going to invite in a friend. We've not seen her as much this series. Uh-huh. It's our dear friend, work Charlotte. Who, who I think might have something to say about the use of the phrase, get her gold, just oh, yeah. for fun.
0: I thought that. But also, I wasn't surprised at Carrie saying that. I was like, yeah, yeah. Like, of course you said that. And at the um, time, I,
1: I do remember it caught on. And mm. I distinctly, distinctly remember Heat magazine at the time. So this would have been about 2001. Heat magazine doing a piece on Ghetto Gold, which was—I remember there was a real thing at the time for having like big hoop earrings with words, like in the middle. And I think Jennifer Lopez had been doing it. Um, Although Jennifer Lopez is at least Latina, so there is some sort of culture to have there. Yeah. But now I think I think that was a moment <clears throat> where it had gone a bit dodgy and for for our listeners who might not be up on what we mean by cultural appropriation um, I think what it is is you know, Carrie saying, well, even using the phrase ghetto.
0: I mean, I was going to say, for, it, for me, it was more just like the word, when white people say the word ghetto, is just very, yeah. it's never good. Super loaded. Um.
1: And as well, you know, it's that thing of, as I understand it, cultural appropriation is taking the best things of a culture without any of the realities or the downsides of the culture. So, you know, it's, we, we've talked about Native American headdresses, you know, a girl wearing it At Coachella has not experienced the indigenous erasure that Native Americans have. So, and I think Carrie is not somebody who has grown up in poverty, and looking at poverty and using it as a fashion accessory isn't cute. Do
0: you know what? I'm really surprised that she does that, she never. Wore a Native American headdress. I wouldn't have put that past Carrie, to be honest. Maybe Patricia Field is a little bit more knowledgeable than Carrie Bradshaw's character would be. I don't mm.
1: know. Little weird um. side journey into my other obsession in life, which is the Spice Girls. Yeah. If you watch, there's there's a documentary on YouTube. It's called Spice Girls in America: The Tour Story. Yeah. And at one point when they're in New York, Melanie B and Victoria Beckham go to the Patricia Field store. Wow. So this would have been just as Sex and the City was kind of... So I think that tall was 98. So it was kind of as Sex and the City was getting going. And Patricia Fields is in it and she tries to encourage um, Victoria Beckham to wear a hula skirt, like a grass skirt. (laughs) And you could just see Victoria going, "No, like, absolutely not. But, you know, so yes. If, she, if she's trying to dress Posh Spice as a hula dancer <laughs> then one would imagine yes she wouldn't have been above sticking Carrie Bradshaw in a Native American headdress
0: so speaking of fashion and uh, Carrie Naiden's storyline mm. the chat about the ring yes. really annoyed me and I'm, inter- I'm interested to hear what you think of this it 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 was one of these Sex and the City and a lot of shows at the time as we've discussed mm-hmm. we're a little bit guilty of, of, of like having these quite arbitrary things that were quite the norm for the 90s. Like, ooh, do- don't sleep with him on the third date or whatever. And they were, like, saying, like, oh, once it's the right ring, you'll know that he's the right guy to marry. Like, what? I don't... I, mm, I don't I'm understand I'm
1: going that. to... I'm going to forgive this plot, slash Aiden and Carrie, uh-huh. because I think they're using it as a motif for he doesn't really know me. Mm, yeah. And maybe that wasn't that wasn't maybe properly spelled out, which is what you are hoping for is is a man who knows your taste. And I think what has happened is he's asked Miranda and Miranda has kind of looked at the jewellery she's wearing and gone, know oh, she wears a lot of gold jewellery. Mm. However, as both Samantha and Aidan recognised. This isn't just a piece of jewellery. So actually, I'm going to show off my jewellery to Dylan. So oh. The podcast, an fully auditory experience. So I'm going to describe the jewellery I'm wearing <laughs> to Dylan. So on my right hand, and I'm going to point it at my camera.
0: Yeah. Trash. I'm wearing a little
1: gold <laughs> ring that says trash. Yeah. Because I like to think of myself as trash. However... <laughs> Had Max looked at my trash ring and thought, Mm. well, here is a woman who enjoys wearing cheap gold jewellery with words on it. I will buy her a cheap gold ring that says fiancé and propose to her with that. (laughs) Max knew actually this is a piece of jewellery that has to withstand any change in fashion. And of course, my engagement ring is just a very sort of straightforward um, baguette cut aquamarine with some diamonds okay. um and in white gold as well because the white gold is timeless whereas yellow gold tends to come in and out of fashion mm. um and and so i think what carrie was freaking out about was oh shit maybe this guy doesn't know me mm. and should i be marrying a guy who doesn't really know me and although of course actually very quickly um miranda does take full responsibility for the ring. I don't that think was... it's as bad as Carrie thinks it is. And if it had been in white gold or platinum, I think it would have been quite a beautiful ring actually.
0: Yeah, I was going to say as well. Like it didn't quite sit well with me them like all going er like when he when they were t- when she was describing the ring. I don't know. Although I would probably do that with my friends as well to be fair. Like if someone did describe something that I genuinely thought was disgusting. I think it's also because I know nothing about jewelry. So, hmm. you know, I'm not a very I'm not like the correct audience for that particular scene I guess um, I did think it was great like a great awkward a great awkward moment when Miranda was like I helped him pick the ring <laughs> there's a lot
1: I love about the story I love Carrie throwing up yes. I thought that was something that felt at the time you know, quite subversive, which is, you know, this is meant to be the moment every little girl has waited for their whole life. Yeah. And, you know, you're meant to be so grateful and spellbound that a man would want to make you into a wife, and um, no, she throws up in the sink, which I <laughs> thought um, is again, and we will come back to this because what I love about season four and this storyline and where we where we know where we know this is going with Aidan and Carrie is that it's about her being the commitment phobe and her being scared and, you know, all that shit she gave to Big about him being a commitment phobe. Mm. It's nice to see some of that in Carrie as well. And so we start to see that kind of resistance. Um, I think I don't know enough about the rental situation in Manhattan to fully appreciate what it means when a building goes co-op. Dill. Yeah, do you I... understand what this means?
0: No. And I'm sure Shall we we'll... do a Google. Yeah, going co-op. I think it means that oh by the way, I googled Carrie and Aidan Slash Fiction and nothing came up. But I'm sure <laughs> I'm sure there's some somewhere. Going co-op.
1: Uh, readers will write some Go. typically
0: said of an apartment building that has become cooperative. Uh what does so that mean? residents do not own the property but rather own shares in the corporation that owns the building. Ooh. Mm. Oh. That sounds like a nightmare.
1: Yeah. I don't think we have something. So, to our American listeners, please do get in touch with kind of how this would work practically. In the UK, we don't really have that in that mm. we just have, you can you either rent a property or you buy a property. We have such thing as a leasehold. So that mm. where if you buy a flat, you know, in a building where there are lots and lots of other building flats, you you buy part of the lease and you are responsible for maintaining the shared areas. I don't know if that's kind of a similar vibe. But what I do know is that Aiden's amazing solution is to buy not only Carrie's apartment, but the one next door. See, I told you he was rich.
0: Mm. This
1: week, this week he forks out for two engagement rings and two flats. Yeah. Hey moneybags, got a girlfriend. So that,
0: that masculine furnitures doing that mask for mask furniture is doing very well.
1: There are a lot of men <laughs> On the East Coast of America, who love uh, his ripped out of old train carriages, uh, leather furniture.
0: I actually quite liked it. That chair that she buys, I actually quite liked.
1: It's oppressive.
0: <laughs> How can you like this wood? It's so oppressive. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh,
1: so Aiden, well, actually, he doesn't propose, which also sends Carrie spinning. Of course. Um, so I was watching this episode in my office. And the bit that made me laugh out loud and caused people to look at me is where she's having a little panic attack. And I've done this on dates. Not not for a long time, but back on dates. Mm-hmm. I've had to go to the bathroom and kind oh, of yeah. pull myself together because I can feel a panic attack coming on. And I uh-huh. love the bit where Carrie goes, what are you doing? And the little voice goes, are you talking to me? And I laughed I laughed aloud. And people were like, what's wrong with her? So, you yeah, know, that, that did... I just, because it was that sort of quite serious moment, immediately yeah. undercut with, are you talking to me?
0: Do you um, know what? It was a, it was a, um, it was quite a muted episode, I thought, but mm-hmm. also very, actually very well written. Um, I thought superbly written. Really yeah. Really well written. Yeah. And not as, certainly not as like over the top as you might expect for an episode that has two proposals in it. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> um, um, I like the little cameo from Chris North as well. Him yeah. popping up. And popping up, kind of very wisely, to say he's not the guy for you. Yeah. Like he knows. Although then Carrie very astutely says, "You know, I'm not going to be taking marriage advice from two two failed marriages, John James Preston. Yeah. Soon to be the owner of three failed marriages, <laughs> John <Yeah>. James Preston. <laughs> so um yeah um so that was that was cute. But then in the end. For no reason that I can think of, Aiden decides to propose to her in the middle of the road while walking the dog, pretending, pretend- <laughs> pretending, pretending. the dog has pooed. Yeah. And Pete hasn't even pooed.
0: <laughs> he literally hands her the engagement ring instead of a shit bag. bag. Yeah. <laughs> um, How did Max propose to you?
1: He actually put the ring inside some shit and actually handed me. <laughs> um, or is it a now, secret? You don't have to talk about. No, it, no, no. It's secret. not. It's, do you know it's it's very, it's very Max. Um, you know, I, I don't think there's a reason I'm the writer. Though I don't think there was ever going to be like a poem because he isn't a very sort of performancy person. Mm. And we had, so one day we'd been out for brunch with my friends and obviously in Brighton there is a jewellery district um, which is called the South Lanes and there are dozens and dozens and dozens of jewellers yeah. and so we just had this perfectly lovely afternoon where we potted around looking at engagement rings and basically I sort of pointed out you know this is that's not very nice do I like that one oh I really like that one I was very really mindful as well that I didn't want Max to spend an absolute fortune because I think it's a bit grotesque,
0: mm, yeah. like
1: spending tens of thousands of pounds on a ring. I think yeah. it's demented. Yeah, and so um, I knew, and it's it's funny. I've said so. Basically, my one of my best best friends, Sarah Lee, has just the most beautiful engagement ring, a vintage, um, sapphire and diamond, mm. and. And so I kind of, I didn't want to steal her idea. So I said, right, I think I would avoid sapphires. But I said, I did love the idea of having a blue, a blue stone. And so I'd, I'd pointed out a couple of aquamarine rings. And we did see one in particular that I really liked. And I was like, oh yeah, that's kind of perfect. And we went into the shop and we had a look at it. And, and I was like, yeah, that, that's about, that's the kind of ring that I think I would like. It was kind of, it nailed it. And then off we went. And then... I came home the next day I'd been at work, and the ring was just sat on the coffee table in the lounge he'd, just been, he'd just been back to the shop and bought it so
0: oh that's very that's very nice and like very very max, like very chill mm-hmm. very um classy um you must have known as well that it was on the cards
1: yeah we we talked, and I think yeah. I think now like harry like Harry said to big, I think you know I yeah. think. You know, unless every everyone's in a blue moon, you, you hear of, oh my god, did you hear about Sarah said that she met a guy three weeks ago and now they're getting married, mm. and and you're kind of like, mm, that's gonna work, but you know, Do you know I'm, what? Sure, I'm, what? I'm not... sure once it did, but
0: I love not, be, I love to say that I'm not a judgmental person and mostly I'm not, but with that I definitely judge, <laughs> and it does it's happened <laughs> to, to two honest. or three
1: people, and I think actually the pandemic <laughs> but... did bring out, yeah. Did bring out the crazy proposals and a lot of people. Yeah, I think there should anything we decided in twenty twenty shouldn't be legally binding, frankly, <laughs> unless you've got a dog, in which case you are responsible for that dog, motherfuckers, yeah. and you need to care for it. That's true. Um, mm-hmm. but um, um, I don't think. To, to looking at the broad sweep of my friends who have since been engaged and married, I don't think it was a huge surprise to any of us when our partners proposed. Mm. Because you do, and even quite early on, I because I'm not, I don't play by crazy Charlotte rules. You know, I was never, you know, with Max, you know, even when we'd been going out not for very long, I was like, oh my God, you know, if we were to ever get married, you know, we should, you know, do this or, you know, oh my God, that person... I would definitely invite them to my wedding. You know, things like that. That, you know, the rules would say, you know, no self-respecting woman should ever mention marriage until the man drops down on one knee and sticks the perfect diamond in her face. Whereas I think no, mm. no to rules like that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's kind of what I meant when I was talking about, like, some of the chat around the ring in this episode. Yeah. Maybe, but Although maybe I read it... Maybe... I think you probably are right. I think it was mostly a plot... A, a, a nice, like... What's the word? Allegory? Mm-hmm. Is that the word I'm looking for? Like, yeah. a nice... Yeah, like, I, it was mostly because it was a nice allegory. But, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I know what you mean.
1: What do you think about her saying yes?
0: Um, It made sense to me. I think yeah. it was... I think she said yes because she wanted to, like... Because she wanted to um and she yeah like she thought it was the right thing to it, it like i i didn't mind it because it was what her character it was what she would have done i think like she's quite mm-hmm. impulsive isn't she um and quite unlike and, thinks with her acts with her heart rather than her head and i um, think she was
1: taken by the romance of it in the moment yeah as well you know dog poo aside <coughs> it was Aiden managed to pull off a surprise, you know, yeah. even though she kind of, she'd found the ring and she knew it was coming. He still managed to shock her. And
0: and it was like um, in the street on like a hot summer night in New York, which to her is very, to me as well would be, and to her is very romantic. Um, yeah. Yeah.
1: So there we go. Carrie is engaged. Yes. Um, and I like that Samantha chose the ring as well. That was a yes. nice little, a nice little curder. Um, as, as, as much as Samantha disagrees with the entire notion of marriage Which I think is right for the Samantha character as well um, I'm, I would rather see Samantha dead than married In <laughs> Unjust Just Like That and, and with that note, let's take a little break And we'll yep. be back in a second to talk about the other three
0: plushcare.com slash weight loss.
1: Hi. Welcome back to So I Got To Thinking. This week we are discussing Just Say Yes, which I think is season four, episode... 12. S- 12? Episode 12 are we on now? I we think. are indeed. Yeah. And we haven't even got to the question yet, which is, in matters of love, how do you know when it's right? So we'll, we'll try and that one by the end of by mm. the end of the episode, because I suppose that one actually relates mostly to Carrie and Aidan and her big decision about whether or not to marry him. Mm. But also, I think it does apply to Charlotte and Trey, who, to say there's some absolutely bonkers stuff that happens, including a Scottish Highland
0: Fling. party thing, <laughs> actually
1: their story feels very grounded this week.
0: Yeah, Um yeah um and this is why i was saying earlier i i I liked them this week um firstly charlotte kind of actually is woke charlotte this week Mm -hmm. so she um i wrote them down so first she says um reproductive reproductively challenged
1: Rather than barren, rather than barren, I'm sure the barren community. Thanks, Shout and she also,
0: she also made me laugh when she said, We shouldn't behave like a typical barren couple. <laughs> <laughs> How do barren couples behave? I don't know. Um, and then she's learning Chinese, it's so sweet when she's learning Chinese and she says, We should understand the baby's heritage when she comes. Um,
1: although that's that said,
0: so. Th- it's misguided. But it is. It is
1: misguided because now, I mean, I even I I cannot claim to be an authority on when it comes to adopting from outside uh-huh. of your race or culture. Yeah. Obviously, Madonna is a fan. Angelina Jolie Angelina. is a fan. This is, and you do wonder if this was part of that conversation. Obviously, Charlotte um does point out that this was this was. T- Written during the era where, where families in China were only allowed to have one child. Mm. And this, this did lead to some infant girls being abandoned or given up for adoption or neglected. So, yeah, in in context, the storyline makes sense. And, of course, we know that in the end, Charlotte will later adopt a Chinese girl who mm. is Lily Goldenblatt. Yeah. Um and yes, so it is sweet to see Charlotte making the attempt to learn Chinese because they might adopt a slightly older child. Um... <gasps> However, some of the goodwill around that was slightly lost with her because we both have dark hair. People might not instantly recognise she's ours. I mean... So it's, it's Charlotte <laughs> suggesting they're going to pass off a Chinese <laughs> child as her birth child?
0: And if so, like, why? Like, why do you want to past it's all very strange and then there's and then another thing i found interesting that's in the same vein is bunny now we quoted bunny Mm. at the beginning when she says i don't enjoy mandarin food and i don't enjoy a mandarin child which is undeniably an awful thing to say (laughs) but it's not as bad when you put it in context she's basically saying she she wants the 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 mcdougall bloodline to continue Um, i
1: think if you're talking about bloodlines yeah, it's but racist. I mean... racist. Yeah, yeah <laughs> let's I mean, just, that is... someone's just it mentioning it is. a bloodline...
0: <laughs> I mean, that is white supremacy. Let's... <laughs> <laughs> or um, eugenics. Let's, let's yeah. throw that word <laughs> in um, the but it, made as well. me, but it made me think, like... And, I mean, I guess no judgment towards these people. We might have some people listening. But I've had conversations with people before where they've said... Where the issue of having kids has come up. Mm-hmm. Um, and they've said that they would want to... Um, either conceive in the, for want of a better word, na- "quote unquote" natural way, mm-hmm. or have IVF because they would want it to be their child. Um, which I personally never understood that, and I find it's interesting that people, f- people, a lot of people have that that desire to keep their, basically keep their bloodline going, really, and that's still kind of a thing.
1: I mean, um, I'm not. I would never name the friend who once said this to me, but it was. A friend who he and his partner were reproductively challenged. Yeah. And I did say, what about adoption? And he did say, I'm not raising someone else's child. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's
0: such a a interesting, so interesting that people look at it that way.
1: Now, if I was going to get really, if this was like a 90 minute special, I could really (laughs) delve into you a, 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 what's the word I'm looking for? A module I studied at university called Sex and Evolution. I did psychology. And evolutionary psychology is really fascinating. And I think it says a lot that 20 years on, this is still a module I remember. Mm. There are lots of stuff, lots and lots of evidence about evolutionary hangovers that we have. I don't subscribe to Richard Dawkins wholesale. Yeah. I think that would be a huge mistake because I think there's... Again, it... A lot of that can tie into sort of racism and sort of race stuff as well around yeah. kind of like the way we've evolved. Yeah. But th- there is lots and lots of research around when you look at sort of our closest relatives in biology, which is primates and great rapes, about the behaviours of males killing off children that don't belong to them. Mm, yeah. And of course it does, it's Richard Dawkins' idea of the selfish gene, which is that we are designed, you know, he truly believes... I mean, he's a terrible man. Let's say Richard Dawkins is dreadful and has oh, yeah, got progressively dare. worse for years. But um, Although he's married to Romana from Doctor Who, who, I mean, <laughs> wow. that's a serve, yeah. Um, <laughs> but um, Richard Dawkins, he believes our bodies are designed to further our genetic code and everything we do from showering to eating is all designed to increase our chances of getting laid, creating babies... And moving on. And the only reason that men care for their offspring at all is because of this strange alliance that men and women enter into. Because women won't mate with men who won't provide for their young. Because a female is momentarily incapacitated by giving birth. So she needs a male mate who is going to provide for the child in that time when she's vulnerable. Right. What I say to that theory is hi gay men and women <laughs> we really say. you know we really throw a spanner in the works and there's yeah. been lots of there was a hypothesis called the red queen hypothesis which is really homophobic it suggests that there is something wrong with gay people so queer yeah. people have removed themselves from the gene pool subconsciously because we know there is something wrong with our genetics I beg <sighs> to fucking differ um so, you know, when, when you start going down that path, it, it's mm. really deranged. Yeah. But um, that's potentially one reason, one yeah. hypothesis think... as to why people want to have biological babies.
0: I do think there's an element of, tr- of, of truth to that sort of thing. Like, that's why apparently um, some people still have, like, extreme fears of spiders or, like, extreme fear of deep water. Because back in the day, <laughs> those things... Really could have killed us. So, um, and those
1: things are still very reasonable. If you yeah, saying, actually, that's true. Sorry, yeah. The only um, good use for deep water is for drowning spiders. In my <laughs> opinion.
0: Kill two, yeah, two ancient phobias with one stone. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, yeah, I don't know. But anyway, it's anyway, how did it's we?
1: It, no, because because of Charlotte and I know, and a, d- a different friend who hasn't said anything weirdly problematic about adoption. You know, I, I have a friend at the moment. Again, I'm not going to name her, but they've been trying to conceive. For years and years and years, mm. and about five years ago, I said, "Well, what about adoption?" And she can't explain it. She's one of the smartest women I know in the world, yeah. and she's like, "I cannot explain it, but I don't just want to be a mum. I want to carry a child and yeah. birth a child, you know, and and that is her fantasy. <laughs> yeah, for her, that's her child fantasy, you know, and." And and she's not willing to move on from that fantasy just yet. Mm. Whereas it it's you know, for me, it, it's funny. I, if I, if I wanted a child, I would adopt one. I, I really really would. Yeah, or me we too. would look into using a surrogate. Um, I don't have that. Fantasy about being pregnant, but maybe that's because I can't be. So maybe I gave up on it so long ago. Mm. I just never made it my fantasy. Kind of, mm. you know the you know that possibility just isn't there for me. Um, but you know, my good good friends Sanjay and Doug have just had their baby with a surrogate mother in in America, and and you oh, know yes, they're they so happy. Her. They're so happy. Sanjay
0: sued Smith. Yeah, and on I don't I don't yet.
1: think they'll mind me mentioning because they they put pictures of their child on yeah. their Instagram. So I don't think I don't think they would mind me saying. But you know, it's there's a million ways to become parents. Yeah. But for Charlotte, her fantasy is actually no. Because that's why she's put herself on a wait list for a Mandarin adopted baby. Actually, yeah. I think Charlotte's fantasy is to be a mother. Yeah. Actually, not necessarily to give birth.
0: Yeah, the bloodlines thing comes that was Bunny who wanted it's it to Bunny. be the bloodline. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it's
1: bullshit, you know, we know that Trey has brothers as well. So I mean it's not like Yeah. It's not like there isn't gonna be McDougal grandchildren. But Bunny's Bunny's notion that Lily wouldn't be a worthy successor to the McDougal name is fucking bullshit and is just racist. Yeah. Um,
0: and know. it's tied up in all sorts of screwed up, like class, like that really old fashioned. Like, and misogyny as shit. well. Yeah. Misogyny
1: because she says she wants a boy. She she yeah. wants a McDougal boy. Yeah. So, you know, the, the so poor Charlotte, she can't do right. You know, not not only is her child the wrong race, but also the wrong gender.
0: Yeah.
1: So fuck Bunny. That's in conclusion. <clears throat> fuck Bunny. But I did find that last scene with charlotte and trey really heartbreaking yeah and i also my heart i know he's meant to be the villain in the piece because he's denying charlotte what she wants but i really sympathized with trey as well oh
0: me too me too and you know what like he's been he's been pretty shit like he's been really kind of like resistant to things and but i did think like in that moment i was kind of like when he just says to her like i don't want to have a baby anymore i'm 40 what does he say like 42 hmm. um I'm tired, I just don't want to do this anymore, I'm sorry. I did kind of think, like, fair enough, <laughs> like, fair enough. Um, and, and, that's and it how does feel. happen. Um, it
1: does. Yeah. A married couple I know really well, they're not married now, but, you know, several years into the marriage, it was actually the female partner who said, I thought I wanted kids, but I don't. Mm. And what do you do when it's something so fundamental? I can't think of anything else more fundamental in a relationship. Where you where you genuinely need to be on the same page. Yeah. And what's really, really interesting is I don't think my dad wanted kids. And, hello, mm, wow. here I am. Wow. And I think now, I like to think now, if my dad had been born 30 years later and times had moved on a little bit, I don't think my dad, I think my dad would have been very clear with prospective partners that mm. I don't really think I want a family. You know, I'm happy for it to just be, just be us, kind of. Um... I think my dad, don't get me wrong, I think my dad really loves me and my sister. Yeah. But I just think now he would have had different choices. Yeah. In the way that I think Max and I had been on about four dates where we both agreed, God, no, we never wrong kids. <laughs> <laughs> That's you know, great. Just, yeah. And we, that, that was a great <laughs> thing because, again, I don't want to name names, but I, I know uh, a friend of mine who is a trans woman and she'd been going out with a guy for ages and then he was like, gosh, you know, when we adopt kids. And she was like, hold oh, the fucking phone. And she had no intention of adopting kids. And that was, that was why they broke up again. You, wow. I think you, you've got to be on the same page. Um, do you wow. think you and Chris will have a bit
0: um yeah no probably not I don't know we we haven't said <laughs> that was all the answers that was the full multiple choice it was yes no probably not I don't know so the uh, so the answer is I don't know but um yeah you never know we've got the as as both being um cis men we've got the privilege of being able to like wait until we're like 50, forty or fifty if we want to. Mm-hmm. So do an Elton. Um, do
1: an Elton and David.
0: Yeah. But yeah, oh. we'll see. We'll see. Our mums would love it. For
1: of sure. course. Yeah, I think um, my mum would love it as well. But yeah. she also really loves chihuahua, so as long as I keep <laughs> presenting her with small dogs, I'm sure it'll be fine. Um oh bless. So yeah, we're not obviously there'll be there'll be more Charlotte. More Charlotte and Tray next week, when with the arrival of the cardboard baby, which is my oh favourite thing. <laughs> which is my favourite thing from all six seasons of Sex and the City. Um, <laughs> I cannot sign off on Richard Wright and Samantha. And I <laughs> like to think Samantha would know better...
0: Than to get on the jet.
1: Than to sleep with a boss.
0: Yeah, well, she just sort of says like, "Oh, like you're my boss is the good idea." Mm. And it's all kind of a bit yeah, although you know did how a... was
1: it was it last week? Or the week before that. She made a great big song and dance when she first meets Richard. Oh, it was the week and before. She makes us. this great, yeah, the great big song and dance yeah. about how she's professional and she wants to be treated like <laughs> any other member of staff.
0: And then she sleeps with him. And on then she a sleeps jet. with him
1: literally 2 weeks later on a jet, yeah.
0: I mean, I actually wrote in my notes that I totally would have done that. But that doesn't mean that that doesn't mean Samantha. Would, Samantha
1: doesn't mean it's a good idea. It yeah. Well, means yeah. That
0: Dylan would do it exactly. The two are not the two are not the same thing. Um, yeah, um, I I was slightly. It felt a bit um, a bit shoehorned it. Like it didn't quite make sense, did it? Really? I think
1: it maybe needed a bit more time.
0: Yeah. I think for sure.
1: Not obviously, Samantha does not play by the rules, mm. and so when I say Samantha would have held out for longer. I don't mean that she would have played games to appear more innocent. I think she would have been like, he's one of my biggest clients. Yeah. Like, I need to speak to my priest slash therapist about this. Yeah. I think And there was actually some comedy gold to be had there about, you know, what happens when Samantha meets a man she can't have for professional (laughs) reasons. And slightly tight, we did that story slightly with the priest. Yeah. But, you know, I love the idea of Samantha... Running around all over town (laughs) trying to cool off from these increasingly (laughs) sexual business meetings, kind of like (laughs) there would there could have been some comedy gold, but actually, as it happens in the space of a scene Mm. literally, one scene over that cocktail and she she wilts and kind of becomes aroused and open to his sexual ways.
0: Yeah, it's just a bit, I don't know, it's a bit cheap. Too fast,
1: too fast. Yeah. Slow it down. Um, and, But there's, there was so much plot around Carrie and the engagement ring that I, I suppose there wasn't a lot of oxygen for mm. that. And, and I know from my own scripts that they are brutal. They're just, you, you know, if you hand in a script that's 62 pages long, they're like, no, no, it has to be 58 pages. Ooh lose something and you know you do you really do find yourself making brutal cuts yeah but what i loved about the steven miranda plot this week is that it goes to show you don't need a lot of screen time to be absolutely fucking hilarious (laughs) and every single i think there was only like Two Miranda scenes? Yeah. Literally the one where she tells Steve and just totally with, with the non-speaking ice cream man. <laughs> yeah. Like like when she blurts out over the line, do you want sprinkles that she's pregnant? Um
0: and then she's and... like, It's been it." what can I say? It's been a quiet summer or something.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and the ice cream man's little face was hilarious. Um <laughs> some confusion about the time of year, which Trey says first comes spring, then comes fling. And Miranda is speaking as though it's the end of summer.
0: Oh, good point.
1: um get it straight right
0: Um
1: but um then the sec- the second scene where Steve goes to her door and she she responds to her proposal of marriage what are you fucking crazy? <laughs> it's-, it's so perfect and um, it's so
0: great after like the contrast because it's just after Aiden mm-hmm. proposes to Carrie, isn't it from the from that really romantic scene to just that is really good.
1: And that, again, if Max and I are a
0: couple, we're the Steve and Miranda couple. Yeah. Um, and I I'm,
1: I'm glad and I well, that actually. we're Steve and Miranda. Yeah. <laughs> what are you, fucking crazy? <laughs> I would never say yes to a hand-me-down ring. <laughs> I didn't afford this ring anyway. And I just love the bit where she just closes the door and off they go. And it's them falling in love all over again because yeah. they, are, they are re-falling in love. And, of course, little, little Brady will bring them back together again
0: i'm really looking forward actually to how that all to seeing all that unfold again
1: yes um, okay so this is should we give should we give our cursory we're about to talk about and just like that warning yes and um, so if, if you want to skip ahead a couple of minutes please ding,
0: do. ding 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 yeah
1: some really interesting stuff i nearly shot myself Who was demois the other who day is she, well ki- go
0: on who is she kissing
1: well, quite. I thought it was Burger. And that's so why I really I. myself. He looked For a so much like, I've forgotten the name of the actor. It's like, not Evan Handler. Evan Handler is Harry, or, isn't it? Yeah, I something don't know. Something Livingston. Some, something Livingston was but I, was But I
0: was even more, so I was actually tricked into thinking mm. it was Burger. Because yeah. someone who shared the, this is the thing with Instagram. Like it's mm-hmm. And it kind of makes it more exciting almost. Because you have to do a bit of your own detective work. But someone who I think we follow on the podcast Instagram account posted, oh, my God, Carrie's back with Berger with that picture. And I was like, oh, my God. I have, I
1: <laughs> stared at it, like, so did I. genuinely. He looks so much like Berger that it really threw me. I mean, Carrie Day, a man of colour challenge. I mean, at this point. I mean, just so, just yeah. so we can tell these men apart, that would be really helpful.
0: <laughs> but Ron Livingston, he's called. Ron Jack Livingston. But,
1: so this new guy, this new guy that we've seen her filming with, looks very very like burger um you know really really hard and um, tell them apart um but this does of course open up lots of questions if and carries just... dating if carries dating men who are not Mr Big
0: yeah i mean they kind Mr. of Big? she kind of had to be didn't she really We've we've um, said
1: many times the show works best when Carrie is single. Even yeah. Max said that. Because I was showing Max the pictures, I was like, is this this man? And and then we figured out it wasn't. They, or rather, they clarified it wasn't.
0: So the actor but, um, the actor is mm-hmm. called John Tenney, this new man. Who is she? Who, <laughs> Who is she? Where did you find her? John Tenney.
1: And so we'll we'll find out. I mean, and as well because As with any TV show, they're filming out of order as well. Well, I assume they are. I mean, and so literally a couple of weeks ago, Chris Noth and Sarah Jessica Parker were filming in Paris. Yeah,
0: I saw that as well.
1: So we've got a lot of Jim so God knows what the timeline is for this new series. But one thing is for certain, Carrie is dating maybe they have an open marriage. Who can say? But that it's really exciting. It's so exciting. And <laughs> they know they're being watched as yeah. well. So if, if I was Michael Patrick King, I would be throwing some crazy things onto the streets <laughs> of Manhattan as well to throw people off. Oh
0: my God. Speaking of which, the picture of her in like marigolds and like sunglasses <laughs> the fuck with a cigarette. Smoking
1: a cigarette. it's like, is she having a fever dream or something? Does you know she what? have COVID?
0: I was trying to think who it reminded me of. And it really reminded me of um, Juno Birch, <laughs> you know, the drag queen who watches The Sims. Yes, it you're reminded not me of the her. first person
1: to, <laughs> to compare it to Juno Birch. Yeah.
0: <laughs> um, and then what else? There was that picture of, like, the really hot, muscly guy in hot pants, like, carrying her down the stairs. I think Um, that's
1: something to do with Anthony Marantina's journey. Yeah, because he was there as well, Mm. wasn't he? He seems to be running some sort of a business. Yeah. Which it could well be as a COVID thing. Obviously, Anthony's not helping anybody get married during COVID, is he? So maybe he's branched out into... I think, is it like a cupcake company or something, (laughs) I think? Um, So anyways, it's all to play for. Yeah. Listeners who are avoiding spoilers... You can come back now, it's safe. You can come out <laughs> from behind the city. Right, Dylan, shall we attempt to answer this question? In matters of love, how do you know when it's right? Um. Hmm. Speaking on behalf of my husband and I, hmm. I would say the reason I knew it was right was because... I honestly felt like I could tell him anything.
0: Okay, It that's felt like
1: good. Nof- nothing is off the table. That's good. And, and importantly, that had I had doubts, he's the first person I would have taken them to. Mm. And we would have got through it together. Mm. And I've said many times, I often think he is the yin to my yang, you know, that we balance each other out. Mm. It just felt like... We were the right partnership and also the right partnership for this time in my life. Yeah. You know, I wasn't ready to settle down 10 years ago for lots of reasons. I haven't even transitioned. so.
0: Mm. I just I paused because my I do have an answer, but it's such a Mm -hmm. cop out. It's you just do. You just do. You just know. Which is just, just such an... Un, un, and I just, think
1: that's valid. Because yeah. I think sometimes we overthink <laughs> it.
0: Yeah. But it's, it's such a, like, bullshit thing to say, but at the same time, it's also true. I um, think
1: it's 100% true. I think if you are riddled with questions and doubts... Mm, yeah. That is a little red flag. That yeah. it's not right. So possibly knowing it's right is the absence of red flags. There's yeah. always going to be... I don't, believe, I don't believe there's never red flags, but... Um, you know, ever, but, um, I think you make a valid point, which Mm. is you just know. Mm. Mm. And Dylan, I believe you have some listener feedback.
0: Yes. So for ages, I've been meaning to read these out. Um, We love it
1: when we get your messages.
0: Yeah, we absolutely love it. And we've had some really interesting ones and it's really interesting, um, the, the kind of subject matter that that seems to capture people's um, attention. Pubes (laughs) has been a really big (laughs) one. So we've had lots of messages about pubes. I'll read out a few of them. Firstly, everyone was really grateful for us, to us, for like going in depth about pubes because we talked about them in a couple of episodes, one with Callie Thorpe and one with just us, I think. Mm -hmm. The first one is from ENAG. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. And she says, as a cis, straight 40-year-old woman, I have pubes. I like to remove everything around my nicoline. I trim the whole thing down, then leave it as it is. I really couldn't be bothered removing everything. My other half doesn't care. When I was in my 20s, I was with a few guys who seemed shocked about my pubic hair situation. One suggested I would enjoy sex more if I had none. And another guy offered to shave them for me. I declined. Oh my god. <laughs> Good for you. <laughs> um, this is from another person about pubes. I have definitely felt a lot of pressure from men to shave off pubic mm-hmm. hair. I had a few boyfriends request that I shave it completely. I used to comply and shave and it used to drive me mad. The constant shaving, the ingrown hair, the shaving rash and razor burn. It's a pain in the ass. Uh, no pun intended, I'm sure. Um, I no longer give a shit about having everything shaved and perfect. I don't enjoy the process, so why put myself through it? Um, so that's another great one. But it's just interesting that like, and then someone else says, I've had irritated ad, an irritated pubes problem my whole life. It's the reason I'm single, because I'm embarrassed about my pubes. Oh, so this is clearly like a big, a big thing. yeah.
1: Well, and I, I, I truly believe, you know, there isn't really an episode of Sex and City about pornography, is there? Which is again, feminist mm. credentials. They swerved one of the biggest conversations in, in feminism, which which is about, the potential harm of pornography, and um, both for culture, the viewers, the performers. It's a huge... And it's still... It's one of those questions in feminism that there is still isn't an answer after, what, 50 years of conversation and st- we're still no close to there being a definitive answer. Mm. Um, but I, I think, genuinely, there will be a generation of boys and men who don't understand that women grow pubic hair both yeah. cis and trans, you know. Someone should make hairy porn. You can get it. So it's mm. like a weird sub on pornography. But, you know, I think this has put all women against cis and trans in an incredibly difficult position of having this sort of strange dissonance between having a body which grows hair and having to present a body with no hair. Mm. And so it, it it depends on how, you know... What's the word I'm looking for? Kind of how resolute you are in yourself to be able to stand before a sexual partner and say, this is how I want my body. Yeah. Now, you can take it or leave it. Yeah. And I really think that's, that's, you know, where I got to, but only quite recently. And I think I had to go through a transition to get there. You know, I used to have, again, perhaps no big surprise, In a pre-transition, I had lots of hang-ups about my body. Whereas after I came out as trans... You know, it really was a case of, you know, this is me, like I'll lump it. You know, there are no more twists, no more surprises. This is who I am. This is how my body is. And do you know what? I can't do shit about it. This is how my body Mm. is. What do you reckon? And I think, but it it took me the best part of 35 years to get to that point where I genuinely loved living in my body. And... And, and all I would say, and it's really difficult, because I think 98% of our listeners are women. Mm. But, you know, I would just say, you know, somehow get a message out there to men that, you know, women have pubic hair. Whether they are cis, trans, non-binary, human mammals have grow hair. hair. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um,
0: because it's cold, you know, and we mm. need hair. That's why we grow it. Um, so I've just got one. I've got There are so many, but I'll, I'll read out some more next week. Um okay so we can stack that we can stack them up and keep reading them out each week. Um so an interesting one from Meg in Brooklyn. Hi Meg
1: um, Brooklyn,
0: hi. Meg says, "Hey friends, catching up like mad on your episodes and I'm listening to your chat about when does compromise become compromising?" Um so this is when we were discussing how long it takes to get across London versus New York. <laughs> yeah. Um and she says as a 20-year New Yorker, former Manhattanite and now Brooklynite. I have to say that while travel times from say the World Trade Center to Jersey City are short, it can easily take over an hour to get from the Upper East Side to the gentrified parts of Brooklyn. And that's when all the trains are working well. I actually wound up moving from Carrie's neighborhood to Brooklyn because all my friends had made the change and I was spending four or five hours on the train every weekend. Oh, Yeah, I was surprised by this. Carrie and Co are absolutely overdramatic about many things, but we truly do face long London-like travel times in the Big Apple. There you that's go. so
1: interesting. Yeah. We have maybe, to brush maybe, up on our. I've not been to New York since 2015. Obviously, uh-huh. the pandemic massively got in the way. Uh-huh. Um that's interesting, because I, I just remember in my head we just hopped on the L train and we were in Williamsburg in about 10 minutes, mm. kind of. But actually, how long did it take us to get to the L train? Mm. I can't remember. So yeah. um yeah. Thank you, Meg. We completely defer to your far superior knowledge. Um, cool Okay um, we, this, this has turned into a really long episode because yeah. I've not seen Dylan for a while So yeah. it was a catch up as well yeah. um, We will be back next week When Carrie and Aidan um, Fight the good fight Until next time You can find us on Instagram and Twitter At S-I-G-T-T Podcast So I got to thinking podcast um, I'm at Juna Dawson And Dylan is at Dylan B. Jones LDN yeah, we, we don't want the other Dylan B. Germs. Until next time, stay safe. Bye. Bye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter.